Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money. It's Glenn here and this guy is... John. Now, we are a podcast about encouraging you and inspiring you wherever you're at in your money life. If you're just starting out, you're in the right place. If you're just here to be encouraged, like the episode we've got coming up on Thursday, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a story about someone who's in their 40s and just how they manage money and they're just here to be encouraged, well... That's awesome. We just want to keep you dialed in about your money. So if you've been supporting us for three years, we're sorry. And yeah, please accept our apologies. Now, in this episode today, we're going to talk about, um, you know, this... Oh, don't get me started already, John. I loathe to say it, but I want to have a rant about Afterpay and what they're up to. Uh, We're going to talk about um, somebody who is in the property market, not a first homeowner, but after separation, like how do we get back in the market? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about weddings, uh, some career stuff if you want to travel overseas. But before we do, we announced in last week's episode that Tal are partnering with My Millennial Money for our Tuesday show. So I'll give you a quick shout out to Tal. Uh, and you might want to know who is Tal. Well, Tal, T-A-L, they're Australia's leading life insurer. Tal is committed to helping more Australians understand the value of life insurance and supporting them in their time of need. It's not their first rodeo, is it, John? It is not. Oh, also, Yellowstone, you into that? Yeah. Oh, so good. Anyway, Tao has been around for over 150 years, and when you've been around for as long as they have, you kind of learned what matters most, which is, we discussed last time, this experience. So it's their experience that allows them to protect you and your loved one's future with confidence. They ensure more than 4.5 million Australians and their families, and they're right here. They're supporting My Millennial Money, and we can't do this podcast without them. So, TAL, they're ensuring this Australian life. Search TAL online, T-A-L, or speak with your financial advisor today about how TAL can help you and your family. If you need an advisor, you can head to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll uh, hook you up. Mm, let's TAL this up. All right, let's TAL this thing right away. All right, John. Glenn. There was an article on news.com.au last week uh, by Sarah Sharples titled, Afterpay Moves Into Hospitality with Australian Venture Co. <sighs> now, the long and the short is, Afterpay will be available in 160 pubs across Australia. So, we can now eat now, pay later. Yes. We can now drink now, pay later. Yes. My, can I tell a story on yeah. this? My wife was out. On a in, in a fine local establishment last weekend and she saw kids, and I will say kids, half her age, um, knocking back cocktails, like $19, $20 cocktails, like they were water, mm. right? Add something like this to the mix 
it's a volatile outcome, isn't it? Particularly once you get a couple into you, mm. you know. That's it, right. So I'm reading from the article. An Afterpay spokesperson said the company enters new segments based on demand. Adding over 70% of customers said they wanted a more flexible way to pay at hospitality venues across Australia. I mean, if you're asking Afterpay users, like it's a push poll. Yeah. Hey, do you want to? Do you want it to be more flexible at a pub yeah. to use freaking Afterpay? You're not going to say no. Oh yeah, that'd be sweet. So you know, put that in your pipe. And also, if I'm wrong, I'll correct. Um, and then this is what the spokesperson said. And this is the absolute dribble that comes out of these people's mouths where they're drinking their own Kool-Aid. They think they're helping everyone. Mm. As credit cards steeply decline, Australians are looking for smarter ways to manage their budget, (laughs) using their own money and avoiding interest and debt traps, they said. It goes on um, to say that um, Zipco announced it was teaming up with the owner of 10,500 childcare centres in Australia and New Zealand called Explore Education to offer the service with the option available from early November. So basically, you know, if you want to pay for childcare. Childcare fees. Yeah, just freaking um, explore or zip it or whatever they bloody want to call it. The CEO of Explore Education, Mark Woodland, told The Australian the company wanted to make childcare more affordable and free up childcare staff from chasing fees. Like, and this is the whole dribble crap that comes out of people's mouth to sell a debt product. What we've added through the ZIP partnership is the ability for parents to spread the cost of childcare, which can be incredibly expensive, Mr. Woodland said. Parents usually have to choose between picking up an extra shift and having to choose if their child can go into care or not, and they just don't have the means to fund it. ZIP Director Commercial Colin Baines said new customers would be subject to credit checks and would pay off the money monthly rather than in full installment. So the zip play for childcare is a credit product. Mm. What pisses me off is the CEO comes out and says, we want to make childcare more affordable. Yeah, wrong word. No, mate, it's the same price. You're just giving people a loan for it. Yeah, and they're guaranteeing getting their money. Yeah, so you can see this thread here. Afterpay, when they're talking about getting people to spend money through Afterpay and probably their new money platform in pubs, Australians are looking for smarter ways to manage their budget, using their own money and avoiding interest and debt traps. Give me a break. Turn it up. The power's with the people here, isn't it, to make really good decisions around this. There's so many people listening to this thinking, oh, Glenn, you don't get it. I use Afterpay and it's a blessing and all that. Sure, that's fine. Knock yourself out. You know, I, I'm my I'm bald. I'm not giving hair growth advice here. I'm giving money advice. Yes. And trust me, I've got lots of it. So I think I know one or three things about money. All right. And that's going to get me a lot of bad reviews for saying the obvious. Mm. Like, and this is the, we've got to snap out of it as a society. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just horrendous. And, and this is the wild thing, right? Um, because Afterpay, it's free to use, John. No cost. No. But the Reserve Bank found that the two largest Australian B&L providers had 6.1 million active users. Afterpay made 70 million in late fees in 2020, while Credit Suisse has estimated the company will earn about 107 million this year from the charges. ASIC then commissioned a report um, in 1819 
And it reported that more than 1.1 million transactions in 2019 incurred multiple missing payment fees and warned that 15% of users and half of which were under 29 had taken out additional loans to pay for the services. Wow. So now, fast forward, this on steroids, someone wakes up with a hangover in the wrong house and um, checks their account or gets an invoice or an alert and all of a sudden there's uh, a massive big debt associated with their night out. No, but it's not a debt, John, you Mm. dickhead. Haven't you? No, it's not a debt. Mm. It's not, John. They told me it's not and I can pay it off in four instalments. Yeah, so where's it going to end? Well, well surely... Well, and this is, the, this is the thing, John. All this stuff with, you know, the Afterpay Money app, they're partnered with Westpac and bankers are going to do banky things, you know. Hmm. <laughs> you, you know, if there's a bank involved, they'll make money somehow, right? They are allowing you to claw back money. So if I buy a new pair of shoes with Afterpay or the payment at money mm. from Afterpay, pay it off. So I do a transaction, $200 new pair of shoes. Within a certain amount of time, I think it's a week, I, I think I ranted on this on the Express podcast, I can then go, oh, I'm in a pinch. I can then borrow that money back mm. and then repay that pair of shoes in four installments after the fact. Like this is yeah. ridiculous. And where it's all heading, John, is at the end of the day, someone is left holding the bucket. Mm. And it's the uneducated and the undisciplined and it'll uh, continue to worsen. Well, but it's also the trusting consumer trusting in their flashy marketing. And that's what I mean. Like if you want to be really good with your money, keep away from this crap. Mm. It's as simple as that. Like, And you might say, well, it's free and I don't get... Um, charged anything. Well, I've always got a particular interest in free things, okay? We know that on balance they make money and in, you know, the ASIC report in 1819 Afterpay made $70 million. So we know they're making money and a lot of that is probably from the retailers. But when things are free, my mind goes to weird places like the bottom of websites in privacy policies. Mm -hmm. Now, see this, I've printed the privacy policy. Yes. I've highlighted some things. Go on. We may use personal information we collect about you for a number of purposes, including, and you know, all of the usual crap, providing customer services, disputes, um, you know, if we have to buy law, blah, blah, blah. Deliver targeted marketing. (laughs) That's one of them. (laughs) I mean, you wonder why your frigging inbox is full of yeah. um, crap people. It's and where it's you, come from. Yeah, so. that's right. There's another one. For the purpose of performing data analytics, including to improve our, and get this, our partner services. Yeah. So, so if you're the iconic John, hypothetically, and you say, yeah, I'll, I'll sign up to Afterpay, but we've got a big retail thing. We want data from the pool of Afterpay customers. Mm. They're like, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Who own I'm, another thousand stores? Yeah, and like companies I'm just and, hypo- mm. hypothesizing here. And then it says how we share personal information with other parties. We may share your personal information with, oh, our affiliates and related companies. So it's basically giving approval to share it with anyone you want. 
Our partners and the suppliers and service providers who help us with our business operations and services, including in relation to transactions, fraud preventions, identity, all that stuff, marketing, we'll, we'll, we'll bury marketing in there, customer service. like hmm. so. But that, that's no surprise to any privacy poly, policy really, no. is it? But mm. it's just the fact that what their product is, is, um, yeah, but some I, I look at a lot of privacy policies on stuff that's free and some of them are a lot looser mm. than ones that are not free. Yeah. I mean, I'm just such a big fan of uh, transparency and I put a Facebook post up uh, just last week for those listening uh, to this live about our new arrangement with Tao. Like this podcast is free, mm. but we actually make money by having show partners and the odd ad. Yeah. It doesn't cost the consumer. No. So, but I'm not saying that we don't get paid anything by Tau. No. Well, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, at the time of you listening to this, there might be an AFR ad running. Mm. But we're getting paid for that. It's not because I'm a nice guy and it's free. So, it's... Um, yeah. but and, and I'll be honest, like I've got credit card and the ambition is to always pay it off before it's due. Mm. But I've... I've missed one or two payments over the last 10 years. Mm. Like they've got some of my money for no reason other than sloppy management. That's right. So, so I, and, and that's exactly right. Like for my life, I've just removed all those chances of having sloppy mishaps. Mm. And, you know, it could be you could go out with Afterpay in your, on your card and your Apple Pay or whatever. You had a couple of skewies. You might duck out the back, have a nose beer, get all pumped, and be like, "Oh, all right, I'm buying everyone, you know, some beer." Mm. I'll, I'll tomorrow, Glenn, can pay for that. I'll pay for it later. Um, yeah. And then someone sent me JP and the team. Actually, she's been targeted because she's a female under thirty, right? With this ad on Facebook. So we've heard of Afterpay. This one's called Before Pay. Pay on demand. Why wait for payday when you can have your own money when you need it most? It's 5% fixed flat fee, John. No interest. Oh, my gosh, no interest. Oh, but what's the fee then? Oh, okay, we're still, we're playing on words here. Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll call a 5% flat, f- fat, f- flat. <laughs> <laughs> fat fee? I'd call a 5% flat fee interest, but if they say interest, they've got to be regulated, right? Instant cash out. So what, if you've... You want your $800 week early, was like 40 bucks that they'll charge you. They hit your emotion strings when they say, don't mm. wait for payday, don't they? Yeah. So, mm. like all this stuff, people, it's coming in thick and fast. And if your financial setup is boring and basic, that's awesome. Yeah, you'll survive. So, oh, I mean- Good these, start to the show. Well, I just get a bit ranty and I know it pisses a lot of you off who- listen occasionally and you don't heaps like me, but as long as I've got a microphone in my hand, I'm sorry, but you get Glenn. And I know from experience, less crap hanging off your budget, the better you'll do and the more money you'll be able to invest for the you of tomorrow. Sure, after pay, no fees, awesome. But don't tie up your bloody cash flow of stuff that you consumed in the past. Mm. Use your cash flow for the you of tomorrow. Like it's simple. Like all through the GFC, everyone was getting cute, um, doing all these weird CFDs and, you know, low-risk investment or whatever. Mm. When the shat hits the fan, the buck's got to stop somewhere and it's the consumer that loses their house. The end user. Not the freaking 
corporate who's got all these assets in a trust and he's still screwed everyone knowingly or unknowingly and still driving around not impacted. So I'm really calling upon ASIC to pull their finger out of their ass and regulate this crap. Mm. And if it's not ASIC, the ATO, because the ATO say stuff, but I don't know if um, if it's the ATO, but um, they're on like, this is ridiculous. Well, yeah, and uh, they're probably incentivized by it because um, so they're, they're not going to put a heavy hand on it. Yeah, but yeah. Afterpay is free, sure, but if it encourages you to spend more, well, that's a cost because you're spending more. Hmm. Far out. I'm getting old. Look, let's have a quick break now and I'll come back happy. (laughs) If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. On a positive note. Yeah. Oh, we're back, everyone. <laughs> on a positive note, yeah. I spoke to one of my staff members about this mm. checking in, QR code, whatever else, and yeah. it's like, when's this stuff going to end? It's like, well, it's been a positive because for me, I'm not walking into shops because I have to check into everyone, so I'm saving money by not walking into shops now, which is uh, a fair point. Yeah, the, the problem... Yeah, I, 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 I'm not one to wear a tinfoil hat. No. But as soon as we don't need these QR codes, piss them off. Like, totally. Yeah. Hey, do you want to read a question there, John? Let's start with a wedding question because weddings are exciting. They are, aren't they? And I'm in a better mood, mood now after the break. Yeah. Where is that one? It's on the second page. Okay, so... Oh. I just figured, I just thought, sorry, John. It's like the second week of our new show partner and Glenn's gone off the rails. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tell you're in it now. Uh, Nicolai Abano. hope I served that correctly. And we got this off the Facebook group. So if you write anything in the Facebook group, it's you're free on. fodder for us to yeah, talk about. Check the privacy policy. Hi, Don't have one. my millennial <laughs> peeps. My fiance and I are saving money for our wedding August next year. Congratulations. We have a joint account that we put our savings in. I don't want money to sit there and do nothing. I'm thinking of investing the other half to an ETF, which is less volatile. So at least some of the money is growing. Or should we just let it stay in our savings account and just pay off our vendors early for peace of mind? Question mark. Thank you so much. So there was a poll there uh, and she yeah. put up two two things. The first one was leave it in our savings account and just pay off our vendors early for peace of mind. Mm. And the other one was invest the other half uh, into ETFs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the majority of people were like, don't invest it. Yeah. What's your words of wisdom on this? Oh, look, the the 20-something of me would have a crack and, and invest some of it. <laughs> the, the, the 40-something of me would, would uh, pay it early in peace of mind. I told Nath Robbo, who, uh, who's our audio editor, because mm. he's... Oh, and congratulations, Nath and Sarah. Uh, he proposed to Sarah a couple of weeks ago. Ah, well done, so, Nath. Um, Made a man of himself. He did, apparently. Mm. Well done. You heteronormative POS, John. Oh, wow. You. Um, no, so congratulations, Nath and Sarah. Yep. And we are talking the other day and... Um, is your phone ringing? No, nah, it's all good. Um, we are talking the other day and he was saving for the wedding. I'm like, yeah, mate, just throw it all in crypto. <laughs> you know, and just tell Sarah, like, look, babe, like, 
let's just go with the flow and, you know, in, a, in 11 months' time, we'll either just have the biggest wedding ever or just a yeah. small casual ceremony. Yeah, it'd be Vegas or Victoria. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so, what are you thinking in this sitch? Oh, I don't know what sort of money she's talking, but... We'll just call it 10 grand. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to have a go with it. <laughs> You're a bloody loose cannon. Uh, just because I saw 169 votes against having a go. Yeah, m- I, there's actually a third option, which I suggest, my unsolicited advice. It's, it's the first option, but I'm stopping after the end or after the account. So I'm rubbing out and just pay off our vendors early for peace of mind. Yeah. You know, yeah, you don't if, want to do that. Yeah, if I pay a photographer off early, might never see, might him. never see him or her again. Or um, if I pay venue off and COVID third, fourth, fifth wave happens again, yeah. they go under. So yeah. I'm literally just keeping it in a bank account, to be honest, and not and paying the due, paying the bills when they're up and due. Yeah, not not even a a few grand. No. just to. No, because the goal, like, and this is the problem. An example where you might have a go, John, mm. is, look, in 12 months' time, we want to think about our wedding. But we're, we're pretty agnostic, you know, whether we get married next year or the year after. Yeah. Sure, have a go. But we need to know when we put money into growth assets, the yeah. intention is to have it at least seven years. Yeah, oh, totally. But- if it's a difference between drinking Corona and VB, if it's not going to make a huge difference, like let, let's be honest, August next year, what sort of returns can we get? You might get negative eight. Or? Positive 20. Mm. So somewhere in the middle. Or positive five. Means it's probably not going to make a huge difference. Um, but weddings are expensive these days, so. I, I'm just not. Investing money if it needs to be spent within 12 months. Yeah. Like it's as simple as that. Sophie. So boring. Sophie Norrell says, how to stop comparing myself to other people's money journeys. Actually, this is an interesting thing, John, because no matter what situation you're at, there is always someone with more than you. Yep. There's always someone on a different journey journey. Just watch your head on that light. So, for me, it goes back to the defining what being content means and what defining what your own definition of success means. Yes. Like we we visited a big house the other day, Mm. big estate, probably Mm. worth up to $3 million. Yeah, probably more. And I'm driving away thinking... A lot of lawn to mow. A lot of lawn to mow. (laughs) But I had to kind of check because... That's a bigger and better house than I've got. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'm really upset that I don't have that. <laughs> Did you think that? Well, I'm just like, I don't think I'll ever be able to get something like that. Like, because it was just mm. so big. It's a 10,000 uh, square meter block and mm. the dam and the pool and the seven car garage. Like, so I was thinking, oh, I'm a freaking failure. <laughs> The danger is I went down that rabbit hole of comparison. Interesting, yeah. So, 
I think what you can do is do the daily gratitude journal. Mm. Um, you can really define what matters to you because, you know, I've started putting together like a second book um, just because why not, right? Mm. And I wanted to do it more on the mindset piece and all that stuff. And I was thinking the other day, you know, when we all go home at night, like no one actually cares about anyone else. No. I'm cooking dinner. I've got my own life to worry about. Yeah. So what that means is when we look at our own situation, we have to confine what makes us tick. We have to confine what we have to find what we're content with. Mm. And content to me, while the definition is slightly the same or slightly similar or whatever, contentment to me isn't happiness. Contentment is I'm actually okay with what I've got and who I are. But happiness, you know, I could walk into the club tomorrow night, put 20 bucks in the pokies, mm. win $1,000 and I get this spike. I'm happy. Yeah. But happiness isn't sustainable all day, every day. But so I can't be in a bad mood and happy at the same time. No. I can be in a bad mood and have general contentment with my life. Mm. You can enjoy though, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. So... It is that it's a very and it's it's a good question because it does come up a lot and particularly you know and I've been thinking lately maybe because I'm getting old um, you start thinking about well gosh all my friends have like freaking kids and chat and like I don't yeah like do I have to you can have mine if you like <laughs> <laughs> no look. Yeah, so, I guess what I'm getting at is everyone's got their own thing, mm. um, whether it is the money thing, the comparison, whether it is the family thing, whether it is the spouse thing, or you might be thinking, oh, I just wish I had the perfect relationship like those yeah. two over there. So, it's just a really interesting point to talk about. And I think a lot of it is we need to stop comparing ourselves. Yeah, which is obviously what Sophie's got an issue with at the moment. Mm. So it's and and where you're going with that is it's got to be internal, doesn't mm. it? Like you've got to be you use the word gratitude. You've got to be really grateful for what you have got mm. and and not focus on what you haven't got, right? Mm. And the, I I can't spend enough time on this with my kids at the moment. Mm. Is <laughs> they're same thing but on a smaller version. My friend's got this, so I want that. Okay, well, let's think about what we've got and what other people around the world haven't got and don't compare ourselves to anyone good or bad and just be content with what we've got and keep on our journey to what we're striving for. So I, I would just say to Sophie is, yeah, just understand what you want and what you can control mm. and just continue to readdress that um, and, and just stay on Stay on your path. like, And get people in your corner, Sophie, that aren't jealous bitches or aren't, yeah. you know, throwing shade because they're doing better than you or whatever the thing is. Um, Similar values and beliefs. Yeah, really because then what you could do is like you get almost like the accountability partner when you want to save money. It's like, hey, I don't want to compare myself with you in terms of money, but maybe we could have a saving, I'm just making something up here. Let's have a savings goal together and I'm going to try and save 3% extra of my income. Mm. Do you want to pick a percentage in your life 
we've got different situations. Let's just enjoy the process together. Yeah. And and I think changing the story as well that that she tells herself. Now, if, if she reads something on social media, for example, or someone tells her something that she would normally become jealous of or envious of, mm. can she twist it around and the, the straight reaction to that is, I'm so happy for you mm. versus, oh, I wish I could have that. Like driving out of that house yesterday, mm. flip the story and say, well, I'm so happy she's achieved that. Mm. And it takes the focus off me yeah, that's and true. onto them. Yeah. And I think that is celebrating other people's success. Mm. Um but yeah, it's um, it's a very deep question, and I think you know, in terms of money land, that's why it's just so important. You just got to keep out of consumer debt, keep away from the afterpay stuff because you're just peddling a false economy, and it's going to be harder to get up to baseline. Yeah, and and if if she's comparing herself to something that she can't achieve right now anyway, it's a waste of energy. Mm. Like. I don't know what an example is, but she might want, and I'm being outrageous here, but mm. a $100,000 car. Mm. If she's only got $10,000 in her bank, she can't go and get that unless she takes out a $90,000 loan. And if she does that, she won't be able to afford the repayments. So block it from her mind. I was listening to a um, an audio book the other day. I think it was an audio book or he was he, on his podcast. And this guy was talking about this stuff with comparison and it was a story and I'm loosely paraphrasing this and I may have shared this before. It was the story of somebody who all they wanted was a, a family, a baby, this couple. Tried for years, try, 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 couldn't have a baby, couldn't have a baby. Fell pregnant, uh, got the diagnosis that the baby would have Down syndrome. Right. So, this person, she had to go through that journey and a lot of people who have been through similar things that we've had to wrestle and whatnot, she said, it was like, you know, my whole life wanting to go to the UK, for example. Mm. So, I've prepped for the UK for my whole life. Plane takes off, we're going to UK, we're going to UK. Oh, but we land in Holland. Mm. And this is, we're staying here forever. Sorry for those that live in Holland. Yeah. Yeah. But it was more like, well, this is the situation. Now let's see Holland for the beauty that it is. Yeah. We've now got to meet all these other Hollandish people yes. <laughs> or Dutch yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hollandish sauce. Where, so this person with the child with Down syndrome, she's like, well, I've got to meet all these other amazing people mm. in this world mm. of we wouldn't have had. So making, I th- Making good of the situation. Yeah, so I don't know where we're going there, but we probably should move on because we're treading water pretty deep from shore right now. But uh, apologies to Tao for the train wreck of uh, my millennial money. Great question though, Sophie. Mm. Beth Parry, do you want to read Beth's question there? Yeah, Beth says, moving abroad and not going backwards in career, money, life, etc. where would be the Best place to start if I wanted to do this. <laughs> Rewind three minutes and have a look because going backwards mm. by whose yardstick. Yeah. Um, but in a real practical and tactical term, if you wanted to go abroad and not move uh, backwards in Korea, 
hyper—you've got to be hypersensitive, baby. <laughs> you've got to be hyper strategic, and really, like, if you don't want to go backwards. Am I going to work my ass off here, start investing, buy property, yeah. then piss off and do a grab position overseas and work on my career overseas, and not just backpack around and look at mountains and wild animals all day. So I think it is that blend of one, who are you comparing yourself to? Because a lot of people who've had the travel bug and done all that crap for the first five years of their 20s yeah. say they wouldn't change if the world and I would pay a million dollars to have the experience. That's right. Yeah. And I could attest to that. Like I actually thought the same thing, Beth, when I decided to go overseas for 12 months. Uh, it was going over to do some teaching and Someone told me, oh, if you, if you teach in London, you'll come back and get a job anywhere because mm. they're teaching so tough over there. And that just gave me a whole lot of relief to be able to say, well, I can actually give up that year and I'll come back and get a job anywhere. Now, that was just all in the head and, and mm. everything else. But I, I think, Beth, um, I wouldn't I'd, – I'd, again, tell myself a different story and say, well, I'm not going backwards. I'm, I'm just putting an element of my life on hold. Because like for the sake of my lifestyle and my experiences. Because Beth said career, money and life, etc. Well, the life, etc. will won't cause you to go backwards. Yeah. It'll cause you to go forward That's as a person. Because right. putting going backwards in life is dying, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm I'm such a bloody trailer trash white Aussie bogan up here on the coast. Like I need to go and live in Europe or somewhere for a year. Like I need some culture. Yeah. So I, I just think. You're not going to go backwards with your life, with the career. Well, that's an option, whether you put it on pause, yeah. not stop, on pause for a couple of years, or you use the traveling thing overseas to build your career and the money thing should flow out of that. Yeah, but even like think outside the square and, and it, it's a, a, an exciting time to do that. Like the experiences when you're young, you're free, there's no commitments imagine the type of people and the different type of people you could meet and you just need one connection that could set you up for life in a, in a career sense. You mm. just don't know what you're going to experience and, and what actually what doors might open. So I, I wouldn't say you're going backwards at all. I, mm. I would just say maybe look at some outcomes for 12 months' time um, and not have them too strenuous so that you're stressing out and not enjoying the experience. But, yeah, I... We probably didn't give her any tips there other than the fact that change your mind um, or your story around it. Do you want to read Rob Mitchell's Facebook post? So Rob says, hey, MMM community, a bit of would you rather for you all because my partner and I are a little confused. We're looking to buy our first investment property, balancing future value and rental return. The options as it stands are within the Gosford area, which is close to us, and similar suburbs. Similar price point and rent is within $50 a week of each other. Uh, a is smallish three-bed brick home on land, super sloped block with one living area. And B is multi-level townhouse, three beds, dining, living space, separated and small yard slash courtyard. What do you all think? Is land more valuable if it's not a very usable block? Awesome question. Yeah, and when I showed you this before we started, it got your little pea brain ticking around. (laughs) (laughs) What's left it after I hang around you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, Rob, that's an awesome one. Now... I when I first looked at this, I love land. 
right? It's just undisputed king of uh, of property. But when I when I compare those two, and I'm presuming they're in a a very similar um, suburb, if if not the same suburb, so I'm taking them equal there in terms of location, as he said. I'm actually choosing the townhouse, and I I had to sort of think twice about that, but. I just think back to who buys real estate. The most common person that buys or people that buy real estate are couples that maybe want to start a family one day or families that are already families, right? So to buy a house or a three-bedroom uh, brick home on, on land that's unusable, right, um, that's not attractive for a lot of potential owners and with only one living space versus a multi-level townhouse where you have got two separate areas of the building that can separate kids uh, just gives me the the edge over the over the house Glenn I I've got a theory and it probably means nothing you remember when I was looking at that um, development to buy a block of land at Gwandolin mm. and I got robbed and couldn't get in there mm-hmm no, you didn't get robbed. You're just unlucky. <laughs> exactly. I'm victim. Victim blaming here. Victim, what is it? Victim something? Shaming? I don't know, whatever. So the corner block that I was looking at was like 800 square metres, right? Mm. But the usable size was 700. I'm just making a number yeah. up. So the usable size that you can actually build on, put a fence on, all that is smaller than what the map says. Yes. As an investment property... If old mate Rob puts a tenant in the house that is on the, it's on its own freehold block and a lot of it's not usable, my question is, later on, if he wants to revalue that property, would they still value it on the square meterage? Regardless of the actual usable, because yeah. like if the bank, if he, if they did a desktop val, and went, oh yeah, equivalent size block in this area, like are you getting upside just from that factor alone? Yeah, correct. So in that example, maybe yes, because it's desktop and not curbside or uh, or actual full valuation. But when it's full val, they're coming to the house and looking out the backyard and mm. saying, well. You can use it for a slide when it rains, but other than that, you can't. It's you, you can't use it. And I'm I'm being dramatic with the slope because mm. he said super sloped. To me, that's I well, I'd have to climb up it on my, all fours. Yeah, and I mean, there's a big hill, two big hills at Gosford, yeah. and the city and the train station is in between the two of them. Yeah, so and they're you, not shallow hills. No, and that townhouse he didn't say, but if that's Torrens titled. It's got its own block anyway. It's That's got its right. own land. Mm. Now, if it's part of a complex of 20 where it's um, they're, they're sharing land, then that's a different conversation. Yeah, if, if there was four townhouses on the block, you probably got me. Mm. If there was 15, yeah. I'm Craig David, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good singer. Yeah. Do you want to read George's question as well? And Rob and for Georgia coming up, uh, feel free to reach out, uh, sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help. If you want a clarity call with John and you can just bounce some stuff off him for $350 if anyone wants to do that. I don't get any money from that. No. Might increase that and take 50 bucks though. No. Okay. Uh, Georgia, dear fellow 
disheveled. Disheveled. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Uh, Georgia says, Dear fellow disheveled house hunters, how are you surviving the throes of trying to buy in a red hot market? I've been outbid on 10 properties in four months and I'm starting to crack. Oh, she's out there having a cr- she's having a crack. And she's about to. So what are your tips for staying patient and level-headed? For context, I'm in great old Newcastle. Not a first home buyer and have a very healthy deposit plus stamp duty from the sale of my first home. Uh, currently living with family, so I'm saving a lot, but I don't feel settled until I'm established again. I mean, this is an example of Seth Godin's dip. At this time, you'll give up, but it's the people who double down when it's tough yes. will get the prize. Yes. And I mean, that's not helpful, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think there's two separate parts to that, Georgia. One is that that last line, I'm saving a lot, but I don't feel settled until I'm established, right? Let's get that out of our mind and say, uh, let's focus on the, the, the long journey and just say, this is a very small portion of my life where I'm uh, living with family, okay? So just enjoy this time. Don't get super stressed about it. The second part of this conversation is, well, how do I pivot left or right to get a result? Because what I'm doing is not working at the moment, right? And I think there were a few comments in there about uh, get a buyer's agent. They've got, they're doing this daily. They've got access to potentially off market or at least some pre-listings that they can take advantage of and they hit hard and negotiate and get it done quickly. So that that's obviously one option. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the other option, if you're wanting to do it yourself, is you've just, as you said, Glenn, double down. You've got a, it might be letterbox drops. It might be, have, are we ringing 10 agents, 12 agents a week? Are we constantly, yes, on our database, but if they're, the first time we hear about property is on realestate.com or domain, it's too late. Mm. So we've got to jump on the phone. And I know people don't always like talking on the phone, but I think it's an easy win to pick up the phone. It's so easy to send a text message or an email or inquiry, right? A lot of busy people don't get back to that. If you're making them pick up the phone and talk to you, you can establish rapport and you're that squeaky wheel that maybe other people aren't doing. And the thing is, uh, Georgia, like what do you you charge for buyer's agent service in Newcastle? Uh, Ten and a half. Yeah. So... I don't know your situation. If you've got a, or you've got a very healthy deposit, I mean, if you're actually over it, flick John ten grand, and his team will go and buy you what you want. Like, yeah, I think Ben was um, put into that uh, thread. I reckon. Really? Who works for me? Yeah. Yeah. So because he lives there. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, get someone on the ground who is shaking those trees, and um, yeah. So John, you've got, and this wasn't planned, and just to help your business out. You've got a Thanks. buyer's agent service. Mm. You're a bit of a disruptor because a lot of them will just take a percentage fee and earn infinity money off the yeah. deal where you're like, yeah. no, we'll get paid for some reasonable work and hours. And Yeah, I, I just didn't think that was fair. You can, Someone can buy a $2 million property or a $500,000 property um, and I think generally speaking, give or take, you never put in the same amount of work anyway, mm. but why do you deserve more for the high price property. I just didn't think that 
was uh, not not so much ethical but fair. So that that's where the flat price came in, and mm. it is probably cheaper than uh, most. I've just realised. So we need to maybe alter that at some stage. But the other thing I've done is created a package one option where we sort of hold hands and go through that process together. So mm. if though if they like looking for property like a Georgia, we'll um, set the strategy and do the negotiations and, and be in their corner for that whole journey, but they'll do a lot of the, the digging, um, which costs them half the amount. So, and people might think, oh, 10 grand for someone to buy a house for me, get stuff, not paying that. Okay, well, don't. You don't have to do everything. Like, mm. not everyone does the same thing. But realistically, if someone has a healthy deposit like Georgia, yeah. And they might be time poor and over getting knocked back. You've got to do all that stuff that you were talking about. Mm. And getting in the door to a property that hasn't gone on market yet, you might save 40 grand anyway. You oh. might save 50 grand. You might, you might break even. Yeah. You might pay 10,000 more, but you've, don't have, you've got your house. Yeah. And, it, and sometimes it's, it's maybe saving you money more so than making you money. Uh, because of the time that we can maybe get it done as opposed to waiting six months because of the maybe the lack of experience, um, but also buying the wrong property. Like no one knows 100% that it's going to be the right property for them in 10 years' time. They can look back and assess it, but it's, um, it's making the common mistakes that I think um, people are concerned about as well. Mm. All right, everyone, we might leave it there. Thank you so much for listening today and always. Now, if you are still listening, it means that you're a bit of a fan of My Millennial Money. Yes. So thanks for listening. Thank you. Our tour has recommenced. So we're finishing off our Sydney and Melbourne shows. And to get tickets, you can go to mymillennial.money forward slash tour. The Melbourne show is in the Sheraton, uh, right in town. Yeah, Richie, rich. Uh, actually, they're quite reasonable, um, to be honest. Yeah. And it's a good size venue. Um, and this, and that date is December ten, the tenth of September. <laughs> that's gone. That's gone. The tenth. No, that's next year's date. <laughs> yeah, the tenth of December. So that's Melbourne. But before Melbourne, I've done this the wrong way around. Sydney is Friday the 3rd of December. Steak and kidney. So if you've already got your tickets, you don't have to do anything. Just rock up. Yep. The Sydney one is behind the grounds of Alexandria. There's a private venue there mm-hmm. um, and it only fits like 130 people and there's 100 tickets sold. Right. So that's going to sell out. So, there's 30 left. So if you want some, some tickets, and I've had to tell some of my friends, Back peace off. off, you know, I want listeners to come. Yeah. So, or ones that are paying anyway. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, so both of the events will feed you, will drink you, yeah. and will entertain you. I'm turning it into a book launch tour. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to uh, come and celebrate the book launch, yeah. And um, before pay, we're there to do a five minute intro. Yeah, and before pay are going to be there um, to help us. And that's just another thing. Like if you work for any of these companies that I rant on, don't email us and ask us if you can sponsor the podcast. (laughs) We don't want your bloody money. It's no good here. But feel free to come on and we can have a robust conversation. Yeah, Yeah, no. Um, So just a couple of things. Um, The tickets, I think they're like $55. uh, And the reason we do that is because I want an event where we can give you food and drinks, not just, you know, 
pay $5 and then, you know, no one's fed and watered yeah. and all that. Uh, you're going to have to have your vaccination certificate. Uh, I, if, you know, if it was my house and I could have a hundred people here, whatever, yeah. uh, but we're just, um, it's the venues mm, and the go. state laws. So better go and do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's already done. Um, you didn't get sick after, did you? No. Uh, did you? No, nah, not really. It's bulletproof. <sighs> did I tell you the story? Oh, no. <laughs> I think I shared it. Yeah. You know? Oh, we'll go. Should, should I tell you in the after party? People don't want to hear me rant about my stories. No, they don't. Um, They've already tuned off. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, looking forward, Sydney and Melbourne, the Friday nights, mm. uh, would appreciate your support. Melbourne, lots of tickets. We can have up to 300 people there if you want to come out, Melbourne. Yeah, cool. Uh, it's a big ballroom in the Sheridan. Um, awesome. And I'll be floating around Melbourne Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So if you see me in the street... Say hi, because a lot of people see me and they text the Facebook or the Instagram say, oh, I saw you, I was too embarrassed. I don't care, I'm just a guy. Say hi, please. Yeah. Um, you, you get a bit grumpy when you're not around people, though, don't you? <laughs> That's a balance. <laughs> Say for your elbows, you don't be offended. Yeah, so all G in the H. So there we have it. We'll see you on the road in Sydney and Melbourne, and we'll have a lot of fun with y'all. Yeah. So Cool. All right. All right, bye. Doodles. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.